I'm stupid, they screwed in. I am your host. No, I did it wrong. She threw me off, Andrew. Yeah, she also gave us no warning you're about to start. Can we clarify that? I was I was counting what Andrew did at the start. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Oh, okay. Every, uh, every podcast has the little bit at the beginning to set the tone. The exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's really set the tone to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Ty, keep on listening. Let's go. This is Midnight Screening, the show where we try and plan the perfect movie night one film at a time. Today's film is Gremlins. I'm your host, Nathan Lang. With me, as always, I have Josh K. Yo, it's Christmas! Woo! Jingle bells and all that. I don't, what, what do people say at Christmas? Merry yeah, Christmas, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> you, know, you, you know how you see some of the street and you go, jingle bells and all that? Just to spite you, that's what I'm going to do from now on. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, Ty Hennessy could not be with us today, but fear not, because I think we have a, a, a suitable replacement. We traded up, honestly. Yeah, we well. got... So Andrew's here. Hello. Thanks for not doxing me. Yeah, I almost did. But... Thank you. I know, right? <laughs> I was close. Uh, and you, you traded up in terms of guest quality. Traded down in terms of height, though. So, you know. Yeah. Which is impressive, because Ty's already pretty I know, sure. right? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the same thing. <laughs> and the best thing is Ty, is Ty still doing the editing on this. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> now, now's the time we're getting all the jokes. Yeah, this, this episode might be like a minute long. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see that. All this hard work. I know. I had to watch a whole film for this podcast. Do you know how much time that took me? Oh, no, not Roughly a whole an hour and 46 minutes. Josh, Josh, it only took you 15 episodes to figure out what we do for the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh, you and Ty will now be tied on number of episodes. Yeah, for now. I'm going to beat him, though. Like, I don't think he realizes that. He's going to be missed more. I'm not. Like, it's now my goal to just be better than Ty. And I think I've already succeeded. But now I need to be better in numbers. What, what as you got well, to do, what you got to do is you've got to just, like, right. So, the, so the, right. Stalin, okay? So, Stalin, he was the general secretary. He was, he was the general secretary of the USSR. And what that originally meant is he was literally the secretary. And the reason he got power was by just not telling his enemies when there were meetings. So they just didn't show up. So you've got to do the same. You've got to become the general secretary of Midnight Screening by becoming the secretary, but just not letting Ty know when there's episodes. So, so eventually I can also not tell Nathan and then just record some exactly. solo podcast and be the owner of yes. Midnight Screening. Yes. I mean... Every... Every episode is about zombievers from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's an hour of Josh talking about zombievers. I think I'd get about 10 podcasts out of that. Perfect podcast. Based on how our recording went for that episode, I think you're right. Oh, I'm just going to tangents the whole time. I love that film. I want to watch that film again. That's my night, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, we, we've already done that film. We're doing Gremlins today. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, from the US, Gremlins, it's Gremlins. special. Well, I said Merry Christmas. Yeah. Like, you did say Jingle Bells early. Yeah. <laughs> Famous so, Christmas greeting. Um, yeah. In the intro, we probably should have said Merry Christmas, everyone, from 
Merry oh, Christmas, everyone. What? Yeah. Just like that. Perfect yeah. enthusiasm levels. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, happy holidays, and... etc. Uh, I'm going to be honest right now, guys. Uh, last year we did Die Hard for our Christmas mm-hmm. special. This year we've done Gremlins. Yes. So we have now done both options. And we've already done Nightmare Before Christmas is our Halloween We did Nightmare special. Before Christmas last episode. Um, I'm I'm excited to start planning next Christmas, because even I don't know what to do next. Die Hard well, 2, then yeah, Gremlins luckily we have sequels. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, because it's after Gremlins 2. Um, um, Tim Burton's Batman Returns, let's say Christmas time. It's a Christmas movie. Um, um, Iron Man 3, he says Merry Christmas in it. There's a lot of Christmas in Iron Man 3, from memory. Yeah. I've seen it like twice. Yeah, we have options. We do. We'll, we'll think of some. There's some weird movies that are I'm Christmas telling movies. you, The Princess Bride. At some point, I think we have to, just because you're now obsessed with the fact that Princess Bride is a Christmas movie. Yep, I was in a quiz the other day, and you said it was like we had to give different answers. Like, so we get given topics and we had to give you different answers. And everyone tried to argue with me about Christmas Bride. Then I showed them the starting clip to Princess Bride. They agreed with me because it's a Christmas film. How do you define Christmas film? A movie that's set during Christmas time. Exclusively set during Christmas time? Well, at least there's at least got to be a portion set at Christmas time. Uh, I would say majority. Because, like, if it's just a Christmas scene, like, Harry Potter has Christmas scenes, right? Also it's a good point. There's also Halloween scenes in it. And yeah. like New Year's in the summer is not That's a holiday true. for summer. Okay, yeah. Let's go with majority Christmas. Yeah. Time so uh, what movie is it? Rocky Four. <laughs> That's set at oh, Christmas. Oh here. It's a good point. <laughs> you are not wrong. I'm noting that down here. <laughs> <laughs> We won't do one, two, or three. We'll just jump straight to four. Um, yeah, we've never jumped straight to a sequel before. That's because it'd be dumb. I feel like we could skip Troll and go straight to Troll 2. But, yeah, that's that's but, probably a good shout. Because um, Troll is really boring and Troll 2 is one of the funniest movies ever made. Do you know what else is a funny movie? I'm trying to... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to segue into Gremlins here. Yeah. <laughs> Gremlins. Um, I'm, I'm curious with, with our panel here. How many times have each of us seen this movie? Oh, um, I I I'm probably seen about half a dozen. Yeah, overall. yeah, probably five or six times in total. Okay, that to be fair, that's quite a lot for one movie for most yeah. people. Yeah, I've seen Gremlins at least twenty-one times. <laughs> yep. Okay, it's just. Can you check, Nathan? Do you know there are other films? Um, I do now. I don't think I did when I was 15. <laughs> there was a time, um, I've, I've explained in bits and pieces my supervillain origin that led me to hosting this show, uh, on the show, but yeah, there was a time where I didn't have, like, Netflix and things existed. I didn't have them. I had, like, 20 Blu-rays and DVDs, like, just a small collection, and that's what I watched all the time, uh, and Gremlins was one of them, uh, and I watched it. I mean, Which is, uh, if you're going to have a small collection of DVDs, 
Like, at least you picked a good one. My, my small collection uh, from early high school was, uh, like, it's more imp- probably more impressive than my big collection now, because my big collection now is full of crap. <laughs> like, I, no, mean... I think I had, like, I, I had Gremlins, I had uh, Shaun of the Dead, I had The Social Network, I had Zombieland. Uh, I had a small collection as a teenager, and so the film I watched all the time was Star Wars Episode 2. Two? Just Episode 2. <laughs> None two of the other ones. <laughs> Just two. That's... <laughs> yeah. I both have a lot of questions, but also none. Because like, I kind of get, I kind of get it. I get how that's a movie that you, like a younger you, would love. It's just <laughs> yeah. a funny movie to be obsessed. Do you want us to, to just kind of move along? Yeah, if we could, if we could move past that shameful moment okay. of my history. I mean, if it um, makes if it makes you feel better, one of the movies I watched repeat on kid was the stage recording of the musical Cats. So uh, much so, oh no wait, 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 it gets so much better. So much so that I wore out our VHS copy and oh, my mom had to buy a second. That's impressive. <laughs> wow, Josh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you now. The 2019 movie Cats has been right at the top of the midnight screening list ever since you told me that. <laughs> Thank you for not inviting me on for that episode. I really uh, well, appreciate um, it. Little behind the scenes thing. Previous guest on the show, VR Studs, did message us. He he's down basically for whenever we want him to come back on, as long as it's a bad movie. So I want to call his bluff and make him watch Cats. I mean, no, Cats is going. I've I've refused to watch the new one. I'll be honest. I've straight up refused. But I think it's going to be great for all the wrong reasons. But it's going to oh, be yeah. a bad movie. It's just going to look haunting and give nightmares. Do you know what else gives nightmares though? The horror film Gremlins from 1984. Uh, it actually does. To finish my 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 uh, well not finish to 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 connect to my story of my my historical love of Gremlins. Uh, I first saw this movie when I was six. I want to say, and when I say I saw this movie, I saw 20 minutes of this movie and then told my parents to turn it off because oh. I was I was very scared. Um, and then I genuinely think. Because I got, I, I somehow, like, I, I knew it was a Christmas movie, you know? Like, I got that much. And I knew my my parents liked it and said it was funny. And I didn't get that at all, because it was scary. So, uh, every, because, again, I had the DVD. Like, he bought me the DVD. I had it. I didn't finish it. And then I think every year from about the ages of, like, 6 to 10, I, like, attempted to watch it again at Christmas. Okay. Just like by myself in my room, I put it on, get a little further through, and then turn it off until like, yeah, so at ten or eleven, and I watched the whole thing, and then it was my favorite movie for. I think it was like I genuinely, because I was too young to have seen like any of the like creature features. It's like slightly parodying, so I didn't get the joke. You were just scared of the little gremlins that would come you get you. I mean? yeah, like without the the like context of the 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 actual like joke of the movie it's the movie where people just get murdered by little goblin men i mean that is true i can't say <laughs> i've ever watched gremlins and be like ah it's so scary though because it's just a bit daft well at that yeah like i know that now so it was very little well that that um, is something that surprised me rewatching it is because everyone remembers the final act and yeah. just it being completely over the top 
But it is a very, very effective horror film. Like, the, the scenes in the school and that scene just before it goes over the top where it's the mum walking around the house and she's in the kitchen. It's a oh. really good horror film. It's brilliant. Like, it you just hits. Like a, the gremlins, like, shadow on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Horrible little creatures. And then they start driving yeah. a, a Kentucky Harvester. And, uh, you know, and it goes a little off the rails. Because, Andrew, we've, we've spoken about this movie once before. Yes. I think because I was planning our Christmas special. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm asking your opinions. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I've mentioned before, my, my love of this movie comes from the fact that, like, the screenplay and the direction of it almost play against each other. Yep. So the first half is written almost, like, written as a really tense, like, you know, there's a lot of, of uh, mystery and intrigue yeah. in it, but it's shot like a it it's shot like Home Alone, like it's just a yes. fun yes, Christmas exactly. movie. It's funny, there's a lot, and then it it swaps over. the The screenplay starts to like get sillier, and then uh, Joe Dante decides to start filming a horror movie. Like, because even yeah, like even mm. just that first scene where you have the the little town center and everything's nice and the christmas music is playing it is there's still this feeling somewhere that something isn't right like throughout that ent the entire first two acts no matter when it's being the most sweet adorable lovely little christmas film you just have this constant feeling that something's not quite right yeah, someone's going wrong off. and then finally you realize why it's off and then it becomes a completely different film. Yes, a completely different film. Yes. Um, that is something I, I want your guys' opinion on. Which, for example, yeah, this film is very much in two halves. Which half is, what, what's the better half? I don't know if there's a better, I think the reason the movie works so is because it's in two halves. So to say like there's a better half isn't <laughs> fair. If it was all just the same, how it's just no generic horror movie differences. It's well, based at Christmas, and then there's a cute one. <laughs> if it was all just the second half, that's just Gremlins two. Um, <laughs> that is true. That would yeah, be yeah. Um, and Gremlins two is great. Oh yeah, for entirely different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's... we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's there's there's it's it's like this film is a lot like. Home Alone, or a lot like, or even something like The Lady Killers, where when you are thinking back on Home Alone or The Lady Killers, all you remember about Home Alone is Macaulay Culkin defending his house against the, against the, the, the burglars. And all you remember in Lady Killers is when they try and kill the lady. Sorry, spoilers. Um, for I'm a... sure people figured that out from the title. Yeah, yeah from a film from 1955. Um, yeah, I think the grace period is past. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but again, all you remember, you don't remember Macaulay Culkin going to church or going shopping. You just remember Macaulay Culkin trying to, you know, throwing that paint can in that guy's face. Yeah, trying to essentially kill two yeah. burglars. Like, and, he's a lethal. And Gremlins is, I find, a lot like that too. When when you remember it, the when you actually look at the running time, the amount of time that is spent on, like the gremlins just running around causing chaos and having fun, it's a surprisingly low amount. Yeah. But that is the bit that sticks in your mind, 
so much better than so much of the first two acts. I, I, I would say on that, I think part of the reason that, like, those last few minutes are so memorable on some part is because it earns it by not, like... Well, yes, completely. Going... Yeah, because yeah. It, it, it holds off... Yes. Lo- even longer than, like, is technically necessary, I think it could get away with going off the road a little earlier. It doesn't, because, yeah, they know that if they, they hold off for just long enough, then... Yes, because it Yeah, it everything's does... way more effective. It does a very good job at, you know, we already talked about it, classic monster movie. It it hits, for the first two acts, it hits all the beats perfectly. It does every single thing it needs to do to be that effective classic monster movie. And then it go, goes to the final one and then just, yeah, uh, carnage ensues. Mm-hmm. But Now we're watching Snow White yeah. in the movie <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know if I can. Again, I I agree that the you can't pick a half that is better at the film because the second is only so great because the first was built it up so well. And then the first half also just makes the film daft, which is great and it's needed because it's just daft. Like Cosentiment, the first half of that film makes almost no sense, and all the characters are total idiots. Everyone, which leads to some some really good gags. Like, when we talk about the film being split into the second half is, again, very obviously funny. It's full of... Yeah. Yeah, like, Andrew's made describing as carnage. But the first half is just full of, like, sight gags yeah. and, like, little bits yeah. of dialogue and weird character interactions. One of my absolute favourite lines in the entire film is when Billy and Kate are walking home. And... <laughs> They're talking about Christmas and how Kate hates Christmas and how it makes her, you know, and and he's like, what? But no, everyone loves Christmas. She goes, no, no, no. On Christmas, while some people are opening their presents, other people are opening their wrists. And they, it just drops this line and the film just carries on and doesn't acknowledge it. I, I and... couldn't tell there if you were going to say that one or uh, say you hate George Washington's birthday and the one yeah. that's arrived <laughs> yeah. say you hate Christmas. <laughs> yeah, because it really is just written as a goofy little like town feel-good sort of the film. But, yeah. you know, and it has all these dumb, stereotypical Christmassy plot lines going on. Like, oh no, you know, Billy's gonna lose his job and Mrs. Deagle wants wants his dog and oh, but there's a love interest, but oh no, there's the mean guy from the bank. And then every single one of those plot points disappears. M- yeah, multiple of which are just taken from, like, movies from the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Like, specific, like, the dog thing is just Wizard of Oz. The whole bank teller sort of subplot disappears. That's it's a wonderful life yep. to the point where the characters are watching. It's the wonderful life on <laughs> yeah, TV. Yeah. Should we um? We've been praising this film's screenplay a lot. Should we talk about who wrote this movie? Yes. As much as I've I've always known who wrote this film, it's still bizarre to me that this is a Chris Columbus movie. Yeah, it is very. Old. It makes total sense for the first half. Chris Columbus is probably the safest filmmaker and screenwriter I can think of. Like, I like most of his stuff, but he's very, yeah, he tends to be very tame, very yeah. likable, family-friendly movies. 
And then he also wrote the Gremlins films. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, for anyone who who doesn't know, uh, we're not going to presume you do. Anyone who doesn't know, Chris Columbus also wrote the Goonies about this time. Uh, yeah. He directed the first two Home Alones, he directed the first two Harry Potters. Did he direct Pixels? Am I making that up? He did direct Pixels. I'm pretty sure anyway, yeah. Oh, we shouldn't hold that against them He much, He but... directed Pixels because I think it was his granddaughter said, I like video games, you should direct a film about video games. That makes sense for that And film, he was like, honest. okay then. And his granddaughter threatened to disown him if he didn't direct it. So wow. he did. <laughs> um, that granddaughter's have... going places. Didn't he have directed a different movie about video games? No, nope. it, nope. it was Pixels. <laughs> Adam Sandler's Pixels. Oh. Oh, no, I remember now. I'm, I used to read Empire Magazine every week when that movie was coming out. Yep. And there was this interview with Chris Columbus. And this this still frustrate like angers me to this day because the reason I saw the movie yeah. was because um, they interviewed him and were genuinely like very candidly like you know people are concerned this is like an Adam Sandler movie you know will uh... it be one of those or is it something else and he goes no trust me this movie is really funny uh... there's this one scene <laughs> with the centipede uh, where he uh, breaks into this woman's house that reminds me of the movie theater scene in Gremlins yeah. Uh... That's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, <laughs> nothing in Pixels is anything anywhere near as clever or witty or funny as anything in Gremlins. And I feel like he was in full panic mode trying to promote this movie that he just lied. Or he was delusional, yeah. one or the other. Yeah, maybe he's he's just lost it. Going back to Chris Columbus doing Gremlins, if I recall correctly, Gremlins was originally not even going to be a comedy. It was going to be even... The original script by Chris Columbus was even darker. Ooh. And it involved the dog getting killed by the gremlins, and Gizmo was going to have turned into... and was going to have been Stripe, and was going to be in charge of the gremlins, and it was just generally going to be a lot gorier and darker. So, yeah... Um, well, what has happened to Chris Columbus? Yeah. Was this one of his first films? Or had he been doing much before then? I'll look that up just now. I, I want to say this might Gremlins be his first feature. Gremlins is 84. I can't, off the top of my head. Yeah, Gremlins, this was, his, this was his first real project. His first project was Reckless, 1984. And then it was Gremlins was his first original screenplay. Oh. Uh, uh, I mean that that you hit the ground running. Like... Yeah. You really do. Um And then, you know stop running pretty quick. He's more of a sprinter than a marathon guy, apparently. Well I am looking at this um the eighties for Chris Columbus. Consists yep. of Gremlins, The Goonies, Young Sherlock Holmes, uh, Little Nemo, Gremlins 2, 1990, but I'll include that in there. And then if I scroll up to now, uh, he's done one movie this decade okay. uh, in terms of screenwriting. The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Ooh. Um, with uh, 
Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. <laughs> Must be a masterpiece then. Not part one, just part two. He only wrote part two, yeah. Oh, he directed he also part directed, two as well. He directed part two, yeah. Oh. He didn't have any involvement from what I can see in part one. Did Kurt Russell have any involvement in part one? I also just, uh, for, for Andrew's sake, I just want to point out that Missy's Claus in those movies is played by Goldie Hawn. Just because it, it's becoming clear to me you don't know what the Christmas Chronicles is. So I just, never I just seen want them. you to know that. Nope. Never seen them. Have no intentions of watching them anytime soon. Yeah, don't. Um, I, I think we've made our point with, with Chris Columbus here. Uh, so should we move on to the other person that makes, uh, makes Gremlins what it is and, and take that? You know, if we're, if we're talking about the, the direction plays against the screenplay purposefully, then I feel like we need to talk about Joe Dante for a minute. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Steven Spielberg, but okay. I, so, I thought you were going <laughs> Steven. <as> well. <laughs> well, we can do that one too. I'm no, more than talking about Spielberg. I was joking. Let's let's actually get Joe Dante. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually think there's anything exciting to talk about with Spielberg in this film. Like, um, I've got one thing, only, but it's more yeah. The only thing of note is that he liked it, so therefore put his name on it. That's that's it. But... That's the power, like the amount of power Steven Spielberg yeah. had back in the back in the eighties, especially, is he could just get anything made, mm-hmm. <laughs> like including this nonsense. Yeah, but you're right. We should have done about the fact that the guy that directed Gremlins is also the same guy that directed Looney Tunes. Back yeah. in action. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Dante, I'm 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 genuinely a right now is the greatest filmmaker ever to almost exclusively work in bad movies. Like... I don't know. No, bad no, movies. no, he's made uh, some good films. He's made some fantastic movies. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're talking about... We're literally over Gremlins right now. Yeah. Um, but there's a point... I'm looking at that movie again. There's a point around sort of the late 90s into the early 2000s where... Almost everything Joe Dante makes, yes, has this air of like restraint to it. Well, that's that that's something that I actually picked up on this when I was talking about films with another friend. In that there's there's something about those classic seventies and eighties directors. Almost all of them suddenly just hit a wall, late nineties, early two thousands, and just start making trash. Like, so few of those classic directors managed to transfer, you know, leaving the mid-90s. Do you know what? Top of my head, I can't think of anyone that did do it well, actually. Because, I mean, John um, Carpenter did the exact same thing, right? Oh, yeah. John Carpenter maybe even worse than John oh, Dante. Oh, yeah. Because um, you've got, like, what, vampires and... You've got uh, uh, Ghosts Ghost of Mars. Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, like again, by that point, Wes Craven was just exactly Wes Craven died. Um, Toby Hooper had nothing good at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, all these classic horror movie directors just for some reason, as soon as the mid 90s came around, they all just forgot how to make films. I think there's something about those names are big enough that, like they can sell a movie on poster yeah. and let them name recognition that 
there was enough studio shit to be like, we can make money on this thing, provided no one complains about the con like content of the movie. Yeah. So we've got to like rein you back in. That's I mean, we talked about Looney Tunes back in action. That is a movie that is constantly trying to be really funny and then having its punchlines just cut like in editing. Yeah. Like it's such an awkward movie and you can tell it's because like it's being held at gunpoint not to be funny. That film I'm pretty sure has yeah, has notorious uh studio interference in the making of that one. Yeah. Like you can feel it. Yeah. While watching it. It's such a frustrating film. Such a frustrating film with such great talent involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Brendan Fraser in the lead role of a Joe Dante movie should be incredible. It's not, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> awful. Anyway, you were talk, smack talking when he tunes back in action. Like, I think that is one of the greatest films in existence, but. But, but, funny, well, talking about this Looney Tunes movie, and there's not really good Looney Tunes movie. <laughs> well, again, sort of just, just going on that is sort of. That that's the best, but sort of thinking of Looney Tunes is the best way of describing like all of Joe Dante's films is that he all his films feel like cartoons. Yeah, like he has this incredible way of portraying this again carnage that can usually only be done in a cartoon, but bringing it into a bringing it into the real world. And he just yeah. does it so so well, and you can you can feel that like particularly Looney Tunes actually you can feel that classic Looney Tunes influence in a lot of his work. Yeah, particularly with with Gremlins, there's some <clears throat> like the way the violence is treated in Gremlins is just so like Warner Brothers short style. There, there are several points in that film where I I'm you know where hammers get hit on heads and there's enormous bonk sounds. There are, you know, I think it's it's Gremlins 2 where one of the gremlins gets hit on the head and tweeting bird noises appear. Yeah, I think it happened in the first one as well. Yeah. Because it happens with, uh, with Stripe when he hits his head in the... Yeah, the open so it does. Room. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of stuff. Even just like um, one, of, one of my favourite shots in cinema history when Mrs. Deagle opens the door to yell at the carolers yeah. and then it's the gremlins <laughs> and they're wearing like little earmuffs yep. and scarves. Yep. <laughs> like that's just like that's a Bugs Bunny bit. Yeah. Right there. Yep, um, absolutely. Until they murder an old woman. <laughs> but well no, because they, they they kill her in the goofiest fashion in the whole world. By sent... by cheerlift. Yeah. <laughs> Chairlift that goes flying out a window, That's which again so is so funny. yeah, again it's an um, almost Bugs Bunny way of killing someone. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but going back, there's something. you were you were talking about Joe Dante, and how he, it feels like all his films. He's the best director to only ever do like bad films. And if you mm-hmm. look through his filmography, he has done some really good films, but just about all of these films came out around the same time as another film that was very 
thematically similar and just completely eclipsed it. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, he released yeah. The Howling around the same time he re- around the same time as American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Uh, Gremlins was That's out around the same time as I think Ghostbusters. Um, Explorers is it Explorers? I think is it. It's either Explorers or Inner Space was out around the same time as E.T. And again, every single time he releases a film that should do well there's something else out at the same time that is just it but more famous yeah and i wouldn't even say that like those other movies are necessarily better oh, no, they're not just they're more accessible yes slightly like slightly bit more accessible slightly bit more marketable yeah so yeah we'll we'll, we'll go see that one instead of this one yeah a lot of his his, his best stuff is kind of buried like that yeah or let down by the fact that sequels have been made. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking directly at Prana and the Howling for that. Uh, Howling 2 stars Christopher Lee. And Christopher yes. Lee was then also went to go on in Gremlins 2. Uh, and I believe Christopher Lee apologised to Joe Dante for appearing in that sequel. I was like, I'm so sorry I appeared in that awful sequel of your film. Um, I should never have done it. It was it was it was bad. And so they uh they got on fine on Gremlins too. That's great. I love that. I also love the the fact he felt the need to apologize on set. Yeah. Like, yeah. As if he was somehow still holding a grudge and cast him in the movie. Yep. Did you guys know that Joe Dante directed two episodes of Police Squad? I I did, yes. Uh, unfortunately, they are the two worst episodes of Police Squad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you can tell you can tell they're Joe Dante episodes because both of them star Dick Miller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should we talk about Dick Miller for a bit? Oh, I mean, how can we not? I feel like we have. He has a he has a a, a decent sized role in Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which. Can't be said about Dick Miller in most films Dick Miller's in. Yep. But then again, he is in over 200 films, so... Yes. Yeah, and how many films have you been in, Nathan? Exactly. Three. Okay, been well... in three films. <laughs> They're not good, but I've been in them. <laughs> okay, quick quick guess. What is the... In the space of the year, what is the most amount of films that Dick Miller was in? Oh, in the space of one year? Yeah. Yep. Price is right rules. Closest without going over. Thirteen. I think it may be more. Sixteen. You you'd both gone way over, I'm afraid. What? Way over. I was in so many movies. Uh well he did like six a year. Oh, I didn't consider the fact that Considering he started his career in nineteen fifty five and stopped acting in 2015 that's whoa and he was in more than 180 films okay that i didn't take into consideration the fact that he was just constantly working forever mostly with roger corman in in the early days anyway yes and he's yeah he was in a a a lot of those early roger corman films and he's in every joe dante film i want to say i'm sure he might be is he in looney tunes let's find out he is in looney tunes back in action Oh, yeah, if he's in, if he's in back in action, he must be in every Joe Dante yeah, movie. I think he is. 
That's his uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> you know, some, some, you know, you've got the uh, the De Niro Scorsese. You've got yeah. the uh, the John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, and you've got Joe Dante and Dick Miller. Classic pairings. Uh, one of those is not like the other, though. Yeah, because it's better. <laughs> Dick, Dick, Dick Miller is great in every Joe Dante movie. Especially Gremlins. He he gets the joke more than yes. anybody else in yes. does. Like, he's so in sync with what's happening. Yep. He plays just this awful man. <laughs> Who was right about everything? Yes, which is such a good <laughs> bit. Yeah, <laughs> he also, he doesn't just know that gremlins exist. He knows exactly the method they use to kill people. Yep, yep. <laughs> My favorite thing is I was watching it again this time, and I noticed um, Dick Miller, uh, Mr. Futterman has like uh, a Richard Nixon poster on <laughs> on his wall. Which is just... It's not even like a re-election campaign poster or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a poster <laughs> yep. of Richard Nixon. Exactly. It's, it's just it's... a really big fan, okay? Yeah. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, with um, everything else about his characterization, just of course he's like a Nixon guy. Yeah, Mr. Futterman is just a wonderful character. He, um... He's a great character because you want to like him. Yeah. And... But everything he does is be vaguely racist and get, like, drunk and harass the bartender. And... Yes, he, he is, yeah, sort of this character you can feel very sorry for. He does yeah. feel like someone who you would see in a small American Midwest town where when industry is in the middle of dying and he's still, you know still around but doesn't have doesn't have much to do anymore and then he gets uh his house caved in by his own what is it like a snowmobile it's his kentucky harvester a snow plow yeah. yeah i forgot he, he's very proud of it he as is well, very proud of the American. kentucky harvester Biggest it's americans film. you won't get any gremlins in that <laughs> well no 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 that's what he says at first but then He's he 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 is actually complaining. He took it to the shop to get fixed, and they filled it with foreign parts. And that is when the gremlins come in. Oh, because he's right. So he's he's right about everything. Look, Mister Futterman, he he knows where it's at. Um, but like, I think. think uh, oh no, go for it. I was gonna say, I think Mister Futterman sort of perfectly. Well, there's the this this film really sort of lays on its themes so it, it's done in such a way because they are so thick yet they never like actually draw attention to them like you know this film is very clearly about technology versus tradition or something to that effect and you know it, it's 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 just obvious you can just tell but you know, there's there's never the grand monologue. There's never, you know, it 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 somehow still manages to take the backstage because most of the film is just carnage. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, that's impressive about the way this film is is put together. 
is that yeah the stuff you you want to see and the stuff you care about it's the stuff that's yeah up front for the whole thing yeah but there is there's stuff going on underneath it it's yeah it's a it's an intelligent movie that wants you to think it's a cartoon but um andrew you just said that there's no grand monologue <laughs> yeah that scene that scene. I okay. think you know where I'm going with I this. know exactly where you're going with this. Um, because, look, for years and years, I, I was of the opinion that everyone had the same opinion of, of um, one particular scene in this movie that I had and, until I, I told Andrew that we were going to record on this on this movie. Uh, yep. And I told you that when we rewatched it, I would uh, I'd, I'd have you, your opinions in mind. And... I think you may be right. <laughs> it's it is a masterpiece of a film. It honestly, it's it's just so so obviously the film. The the scene is the where Kate reveals why she hates Christmas so much. Oh, <laughs> and they are they are they are in this bank, and she starts giving this emotional story about how her dad fell down the chimney and broke neck, his neck, oh, and how they're spending days worrying about where he is. And it is honestly, I I, I think that scene is just masterful. It is so funny. So so funny, <laughs> just again. It's it's one of these things where there's no actual jokes in the dialogue, but the just the scene itself is the joke. Yeah, but I mean, like, like oh, I for, I, I forgot about this bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm so sad with that. My you know, my father died. Yeah. Like, okay, no, your father died because he's a complete idiot. Okay. That's like, a stupid story. Okay. My goodness. It's it's, yeah, just... it's such a dumb story. And she's telling this emotional story. She's got like, you know, this this thousand yard stare telling it. And the only person paying attention to this whole story is Gizmo. And yeah. and yeah. you're just getting like really just keeps doing what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, and you're just keeps getting back to him yeah. searching the bank. You're getting shots of Billy searching the bank and Gizmo sitting there emotionally watching this story. And and then and then it the story's just over and they just leave. And that's it. And that's it. It's done. It's it's perfect. That really did. That made me laugh out loud rewatching it. Yeah. When you had said that you thought it was really funny, I was like, okay, I need, there must be something I'm missing. And it was, yeah, she finishes telling the story and then <laughs> walks away. Yeah. Like, oh, I was like, well, that's really funny. It's, it's such a Gremlins 2 joke in that the joke isn't anything they're doing. There's no gag or anything. It's just the joke is well, the se- the whole scene. They do it. Again, in Gremlins too. Yep, yep. With them, but they get they just get to the punchline quicker because she doesn't tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just walk away. Yep. Well, I'm glad I won you over on the greatest scene in the film. I, I wouldn't say it's the greatest scene <laughs> in the film, but I've I've come over to the scene. Um, the greatest scene in the film is still when the gremlin goes in the microwave. No, no, no. It's the uh, it's the bit where she puts the gremlin in the blender. That is also fantastic. <laughs> and I'm still a fan of the chairlift when it's just spinning and spinning before it shoots out the window. The well, go the the blender scene quickly. There is a blender scene in both Gremlins One and Gremlins Two, 
or the second one, I think it's Paper Shredder. And both of those scenes happen at exactly the same timestamp. That's amazing. To almost the second, they happen at the same time. That must be on purpose. Has to be intentional. Gremlins 2 is very purposefully yep. exactly the same movie as yep. Gremlins 1. Except they're in, like, a uh, parody of the Die Hard. Uh, That's I, great. I can uh, only... Ass- is great. Yeah, yeah. It's just all these small little bits that just pull it together. And, yeah, it, it, all these, these small little jokes that are just there. Again, it almost feels like, for Joe Dante, the comedy, he, he's almost like a meta-comedian. In that mm-hmm. the jokes aren't the fil- in the film. The joke is the film. Did you guys, you know the uh, inventions fair scene? Yep. Uh, you'll notice the the two big old sci-fi reference jokes happening in the background. Uh, yes, I think so. Go on. Um, sure. So first of all, so the scene is the. Billy's dad, who's an inventor, is at inventions fair, and he's on the like payphone to, to his wife discussing things. And you can see in the background behind him in the first shot is the time machine from H.G. Wells' is The Time Machine. Yes. Yep. Then it then the film cuts to his wife on the phone in the kitchen, and it cuts back, and the time machine is gone. There is smoke everywhere, and two people just kind of looking around, confused. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, in that same shot, you can see the like robot from Lost in Space. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then later, it cuts back, and the robot is on the phone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, those are fantastic. And the film draws no attention to them, but those are brilliant jokes. They are. Uh, that's all I had to say. It's just I really like those jokes, and I want people to notice them. Uh, we are at that time uh, to before we... We get to the questions. Does anyone have like little observations or gags or something they want to point out? So reiterate how how dumb the characters are. Like, as every time I watch a movie, I realize how, how, especially Billy, is just like to an extent he's just an idiot. And I just every well, time it frustrates me almost more and more. It almost feels like he is actually trying to play just a young boy. Yeah, because it, Zach Galligan it, what is, age is clearly a man, but well, Billy yeah, he works is... at the bank. Yeah, he works at the bank. as Corey Feldman, and and yeah. he lives in an attic with his parents, and and his yeah. Christmas gift was going to be a toy robot. Yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just... yeah, there's something weird going on there. I don't like it. <laughs> there is uh, uh, two little observations for me. Oh, one is the the famous uh, Christmas tree scene where you can very clearly see a man pushing over a Christmas tree. Yeah. Very, very clearly. Um, which is wonderful. Adds, adds to the charm. Um, and the other is, imagine how much fun the props department had just making all those weird little gadgets that... Billy's dad makes. Yeah, because there are most most of which I'm I'm not even like I'm looking at it. I'm seeing it do what it's supposed to do, and I still don't get how that helps anybody. (laughs) Why do I need a machine that rolls six eggs and cracks them? It was was (laughs) easier than cracking an egg, (laughs) or that like squirts shaving cream. Yeah, the bathroom buddy. 
The bathroom buddy is so oh, funny. The bathroom buddy, I want one. I'll I'll get you one. Don't worry. I'll get you one. Oh, much. The smokeless ashtray, yeah. and then the next time you see it, there's just like way too much <laughs> yep, smoke yep. coming out. Two of a kind. Oh. Two of a kind. I think those are my real observations there. Um, I think the only thing we haven't really talked about is uh slightly to do with Spielberg's involvement, uh, kind of, and this film's uh major impact on American cinema. Yes. Not not being its influence on other filmmakers, yep. not being any uh, of the actors, but being that it was so horrific that they added a whole new age rating. Yes. To the yeah. MPAA system. Uh, I believe it was a. Uh, it's eighty four. It's the same year as Temple of Doom. Uh, another Amblin production. Yep. Um, and yeah, those movies are family friendly enough that it would have been ridiculous to give them R ratings. So they gave them PG ratings. Yes. Which most people would consider to mean children. Just, it's a children's movie. Um, which technically it doesn't mean, but it does. Um, so yeah, after scarring hundreds and hundreds of children across the US, um, the US now has a PG-13 rating for movies like this. Good job, Gremlins. <laughs> you did it. Um, which for, I mean, most of our listeners are in the UK, that's basically our, like, 12, 12A thing. Yes, um, I think so. Putting that little extra bit at the end of it basically means that the rating system is going, uh, we don't really know, so if your kid gets, like, terrified, that's your fault. Well, Gremlins in the UK is actually rated 15. It is, yes. Yeah. I think that's a recent re-rating after oh, the BBFC, okay. like, changed their roles. Um... They did it with quite a few things, uh, but then some changed the other way. I think Jaws has gone up and then back down again. Okay. I think Jaws went like PG-15-12. The, the, the system is ridiculous and stupid and doesn't make any sense anyway, so I've, I've, I've written a whole essay about how much I hate the BBFC, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here before I go on a, a whole new hour's worth of rant. <laughs> yeah, I think we've mentioned everything I wanted to mention. I think yeah, so too. Yeah, nothing else. Okay, so that leads us to, to one one thing, one one big important bit, the, the reason people people listen to this show, and that's that I'm going to ask you a couple people, questions. People listen to this show? Tens what? of people have listened to this show. Whoa, no way, I'm famous. Yeah. I, got, I got our Spotify wrapped through. <laughs> we were five people, we were five people's top podcast of 2022. Whoa. One of those was Ty. <laughs> and the other four were the remaining members of this family. It should be. <laughs> no one's owned up. No one's, like, pressed the tweet at creator button. Um, and we're a popular show. Filthy casuals follow me on TikTok for some reason. Oh. Um, Greg Sestero tweeted me once. Look at you go. That's true. Yeah, he, he he doesn't talk to me anymore, but he did for a day. Oh, that's nice. That was the greatest day of Nathan's life. It was. He finally felt loved. No, I I thought I could finally get Greg Sestero on the podcast. <laughs> um, what are we doing? Questions. Question yes. time, right? Questions. Um, so, uh, for, for Andrew's sake and for the sake of uh, people listening, if this is your first time, or just the first time you've endured a whole episode. Um, <laughs> thanks. 
We were always wrap up the show with two questions. We just decide between us if the movie is just a good movie in general. Is it worth watching? Uh, and secondly, more importantly, is it a midnight screening? Is this being added to our way too long movie night list? Um, so we'll start with Josh. Movie Josh, week. Movie week, yeah, at this stage. Josh, is Gremlins a good movie? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I feel like... The, I, Kevin just explained it all through the podcast. You know, yeah, it's a good movie. Go watch it. It's daft. It's fun. It's terrifying, technically, to some. It's it's just one of those films that, you know, everyone should watch because it's such a iconic piece of cinematography that, you know, why haven't you watched it at this point? I think that's fair. Uh, Andrew? Yeah. His grandma's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yeah, right. that, that, that don't need to I'll say anything saying. else. And, and Nathan, after about 21 times viewing, do you think it's still a good movie? Yeah. Is it worth that 22nd <laughs> yeah, viewing? I adored it on my 22nd viewing. <laughs> there will be several, several more. Several. I love this film. Uh, anyway, that, that bit's just so we can count as a film review podcast. This is oh, important. Yes. Josh, is this a midnight screening? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I I definitely say so. It's one of those ones you can throw on during your way to a movie night that you can have a laugh with. Everyone's seen it probably as well. So it's like you're not exactly having to pay too much attention like watching it. You can have a laugh at the dumb gags. You can talk through it and you can shout at the dumb characters and then all cuddle up together and make sure baby Nathan doesn't get scared. But yeah, I think it's definitely something you can watch in a midnight screen. Andrew, is is this a midnight screening? I would agree with Josh there. I think, yes, it is probably something you could watch. And, you know, there are plenty of scenes where you can get up and, you know, go to the toilet and and get a drink. But it, 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 it would certainly be fun to watch as a large group. And also about you, Nathan, do you think? There was still a there as if you were like battling with Ty. He's not here. Oh, I was, I was. <laughs> no one else is going to do it. Um, yeah, um, I get, yeah, I think Joshua actually kind of nailed that though. I think this would be really fun. The movie's like super uncomplicated. I think that helps with uh, film night movies, midnight screenings, that like if it doesn't have a plot I need to be paying really close attention to, that's great. Uh, it's so quotable. You know, uh, which also helps. Uh, and uh, Christmas. Um, yeah, Christmas. It's a Christmassy midnight movie that most people have seen, and there's not a lot of those. The, uh, uh, correction, there are two of those. So. <laughs> yep. Can't wait for next year. Um, yeah, I love it when Ty's not here. No one's sharing terrible points about why it's not midnight screen. <laughs> Actually, oh, actually, I don't think this is a midnight screening because most of the film takes place during the day. <laughs> perfect time impression. Which perfect, was a ve- thank you, Ty. What a very good point there. I think that was, that was very. You're Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Ty Ben Shapiro. What's the difference? Remember, he's editing this. Yeah, exactly. sorry, Ty. Sorry, Ty. 
people hear you say that. Um, I'm actually curious. Uh, I might go through the episodes we've done so far and see which one of us has disagreed on it being a midnight screening the most. I, I think someone. I think a spreadsheet is in order here. Whoa. <laughs> that doesn't. I, I might end up doing unnecessary that. amounts of stats. <laughs> that makes every podcast um, better. It does. It helps us know what's what's going on, you know? And it helps me pick movies I can torture Josh and Ty with. Yeah, that's true. I've been too nice to recently. Who nice? You mean the last two? You're films. doing two, Holmes yeah, and Watson again. Like... Oh, <laughs> Andrew, don't. Have you heard of uh, Till Death Do Us Blart? I have not. It's a fantastic podcast. They release one episode a year. Oh, uh, no, you've told me about this. Yeah. And, um, yes. yeah, once a year they get together to review Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh. <laughs> and they've done it since, like, 2015. They just uploaded Perfect. their 2022 episode. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we should do that with <laughs> No, I refuse. See if I can keep friends at all. Hey, I'm not ever going to do that. That film will never be watched I, again by my I don't want to film it either. I, get, I think I said in the episode it took me like three settings to finish that movie. Yeah, I fell asleep twice. Just horrifically bad. Um, but yeah, these last two have been have been really nice to you. Um, but I think Great. you're getting away from January. I think you're getting away with it because uh, I, the next few episodes are out of my control because uh, we've got some some guest episodes coming. Oh yes, that's fine. Um, Here's a little teaser for people. We got some cool guests, including our first returning guest ever. Me, <laughs> other than Josh or Ty, I guess. No, a- Andrew. The answer's Andrew. Um, back, baby. Andrew's coming yeah, back. Oh, not oh. Yeah, we're, we're just we're recording the next one right now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I hope I you hope watch watched. Movie, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Andrew picked Holmes and Watson again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, quit. Um, so yeah, the next episodes are going to be guest episodes or experimenting in general with how we're doing guest stuff. Um, this one, notwithstanding, because this is a very standard guest episode. Um, but the next few aren't. Um, and yeah, we're hoping to have more of an upload schedule in 2023, but don't hold us to that because we've promised so many things we haven't done. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't hold Nathan to that because Nathan's promised many things that he has not done. So I just wanted yeah. to. Yeah, I'm just a guest. Remember the uh, year-end film retrospectives I did one off. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I yeah. just don't want to be roped into your, your failures. So my lies. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for some some guest episodes and for the year-end list. Uh, what now episode that we'll be recording in a couple months uh, Wait, we're, deliberate, we're deliberately doing it late because that way we can see more movies yeah, I, I didn't know this it, well you know we're doing one do you yeah, do we're now <laughs> we're not doing it until February don't worry about it but I've um, watched no films this year watch zero films zero none I've seen a single movie all year you tell me you didn't watch uh, Pentatonix around the world for the holidays? Oh, well, obviously I watched that, but come on, who didn't? Big, it was a big event. 
This is the longest end of Shore. Yes, we've goodbye! Yeah. Uh, that's the show. See you later.